0: Abolition, Abolition.
1: Abolition. A Black American citizen from New York state, fled to Canada, and has applied for refugee status. Kyle Lydell canti 30, says he fears cops at home are targeting him for his race, invoking the deaths of Eric Garner and Michael Brown. He said blacks are being exterminated at an alarming rate in his native land. He continues, they're constantly killing black people. It's documented. The United Nations has condemned America for their police brutality. Canty said he has lived in six states, faced police harassment in each one, and racked up a criminal record. This is a history of false arrest. My name is ruined because of the false arrest, he said. Canty said he crossed the border into Vancouver about two months ago, planning only a short trip, before deciding to live there in a homeless shelter while awaiting asylum.
2: Never, never went home
3: Get hospitalized by some guys that wanna beat your ass. I've had several old men come out here, look at the winner and tell me just to kill that and get out of here. About ten minutes I'm gonna be back. You better be fucking gone. Okay, come back.
4: Here. Hey, all lives matter, not just black. You're Caucasian. You're white. look like a white guy holding a black person down. That's
3: you're white boy. care that You're white. Oh boy. Huh. I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks for Yes, sir. Thank Cause I'm, I'm tired of seeing this. This right here is the biggest hoax there ever was. It's just make the next thing to It is. Yeah, black lives do matter, but what about ours, man?
2: Now, apparently, black people's lives matter more than us. Apparently. Let's go to Irish.
4: Let's go to the niggers to the-
0: You just heard a max mix of the Kyle Canty story with news clips from the Daily News, Diversity Plus, and a video clip of Head Rack where we heard the community reactions to Rob Bliss, a white man who was holding a Black Lives Matter sign in Harrison, Arkansas, USA. The music came courtesy of the late, great Gil Scott Haran. Home is where the hatred is. Peace and welcome to Abolition Today. A weekly syndicated online radio program with specific focus on modern slavery as it is practiced through the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution and by for-profit prisons worldwide. We air live every Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard, Central, and 4 Pacific. Live streams and archived podcasts are available at AbolitionToday.org. <clears throat> my name is Max Parthas. I'm joined by my co-host, Yusuf Hassan. Peace, Yusuf. How you doing, brother?
5: Hey, peace, Max. Peace be upon you and upon our listening audience. Awesome.
0: You know, last week we dug deeply into Frederick Douglass's final summations, his predictions, and his warnings to the American people. A powerful broadcast. If you haven't heard it yet, then listen as soon as possible. This was a must-hear episode. Tonight's episode is Seeking Asylum from America, the Kyle Canty Story, We with co-host for the evening, Kyle Canty himself. We'll be introducing him shortly. We've got some good news to report. But first, let's hear from Brother Yusuf. How how was your week been, man?
5: I've had a great week, Max. You know, thanks for asking. You know, a lot of great stuff happened this week. Uh, I'm a little bothered by a story that I came across before uh, we came on the air, which I'll mention later on. But uh, overall, besides that, I've had a great week. How about you?
0: Man, uh, I have had an amazing week. You know, we've been constantly involved with the national organization, Abolish Slavery National Network, and that is really kicking off really good. Uh, We've had, well, I don't want to tell no secrets, you know what I mean? We'll say it when it's time to say it, but definitely be on uh, the lookout for August 28th when they launch the website and uh, then have a panel discussion and a video will be coming out not long after that. And also yesterday, as you already know, because I was calling you, telling you, we finished the Paul Puffy Abolitionist Center. Uh, We got it finished last night. Uh, A lot of hard work from tribal myself and others, but it's a done deal now.
5: Well, that's awesome, Max. That's great to hear. Yeah,
0: man. Uh, You know, we got, so now we've got the 501C3. Uh, We have a physical location. And we've got our doors open and ready to get to work. And we've already got tons of material, courtesy of Abolition Today and uh, other efforts, uh, to add to our library. So, yeah, that's awesome, man.
5: Yusuf? History in the making. I'm loving it.
0: Well, also, after 23 years uh, behind bars for A Crime He Didn't Commit, Prismatic Dream's author and exoneree, Freeman Ricky Kidd, be joining Abolitionists Today in Sumter, South Carolina at the Paul Cuffee Abolitionist Center August 11th during his Freedom Lap 2020 tour. Our pre-recorded discussions is going to be aired on August 16th right here on Abolition Today. And also remember that Abolition Today is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. It has been really nice to see our plan come together and the growth. That we have made these past five months That used to-
5: Yeah man it's been a long time Coming and it's only going to get Bigger and better God willing inshallah
0: Inshallah Indeed man I, I believe that uh, There's a lot that of work That we have ahead of us to do And this is just the beginning uh, I'm allowing myself just a little bit of Pride because we have worked hard to get these Things done and I'm looking forward To the future Um, Let me look on our board right here now, because I believe our guest has called in, so I'm going to do a quick, uh, short introduction, and then allow him to uh, introduce himself after that. Uh, Please be mindful of your background noise on your phone, if your phone line is open.
4: Yeah, there's something.
0: I think that's Kyle. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, our guest co-host tonight is Kyle Canty himself. A few short years ago, Kyle uh, went seeking asylum in Canada and applied for it the whole nine yards, and he was so far ahead of everybody else with this idea, and he presented that to the Canadian government. About what's happening here with, as he said it, the extermination of black people in the United States. And uh, we're happy to have him here today as a guest co host on Abolition Today. So, welcome to our program, uh, Kyle Canty.
6: Thank you. Can you hear me clearly?
0: Yes, I can hear you. And there's some background noise going on, but it's gone now. And also, you're here with our guest, with our co host, Yusuf Hassan.
5: Well, uh, nice to meet everyone today. Yes, word, nice brother. to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for being here.
0: We've been looking forward to today. You know, after our conversation about a week ago, and we talked about everything, man. I mean, you were on for a while all over the place. But you, you know, you got your finger on the pulse of things, almost like a prophet. You see what's
6: happening in advance.
4: What is that noise Definitely. in the
0: background? Do you, do you mind?
6: Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Let me try to move away from it. i uh, actually outside at a park right now.
0: Ah, oh, okay, okay. Okay, I, I feel you. Sitting outside,
6: you're in some sunshine. So yeah, let me try to move uh, away from the background uh, there for thank one you, brother. second. Thank you, All right. Yeah, so,
0: you know, what I was saying is, you you know, you've been way ahead of everybody else on this. And I'm very curious, when the inspiration began, did it happen uh, when you were just visiting Canada And then you decide. you know what, now's the time. Or was it something you had planned in advance?
6: It was something that I had planned in advance, uh, you know, dealing with the history of the Americas. And, you know, I planned this in advance. Uh, I saw what was going on, uh, you know, from the beginning. And, uh, you know, they continued doing what they were doing, and, you know, it's the United States government that allows it to happen, so, you know, it was thought of in advance, pretty much.
0: Did you have any help with it, or was it just you, uh, just putting in the research?
6: It was actually just me. I just did everything. It was all me.
0: Now, This was during the period, right after Mike Brown, right? And also uh, Eric Garner had been killed, police, and a number of others at the same time. Uh, And I'm sure all of that finally pushed you to say, you know, i got to do something about this. Did you think that other people would follow behind you after you had done it?
6: Uh, Not really, because people in this country, uh, they talk a good game, but they're not really about what they said they're about. So I didn't think that anyone else would actually be following behind me. I just did it on my own. Well, I think
0: you set precedence and you gave people ideas, man, because uh, we've been looking through the news over that period. And uh, I I did find several articles where they said that the amount of U.S. citizens who have applied to Canada for asylum has skyrocketed. Uh, They're up to over 2,400 people now.
6: Yeah, but that's actually because of Donald Trump, you know. Uh, You know, they did all of that when Donald Trump, uh, you know, got into office and stuff like that. Before that, they were all cowards. Uh, They weren't thinking about it. I used to get hate mail uh, from American citizens telling me that I was wrong and America, you know, is not racist. You know, I was getting a lot of hate mail from (laughs) Americans. Americans were sending me the hate mail, and uh, they said I, was, I, was, I wasn't telling the truth. They also said that we have a black president, which is Barack Obama, and because I wrote the article saying that America hasn't changed its way since then, and they pretty much said I was lying because we, we had a black president, and this is what I was told by other Americans. Uh, so now, after Donald Trump got into office, Americans start saying, you know, changing the tune, you know. So no one was backing me. No one was supporting me in my decision. Americans turned their back on me. And uh, now look at it now. Yeah, exactly.
0: Look at it now. I said before, you're ahead of of everybody with this, you know. While you were there seeking uh, refuge or asylum in Canada, Canada was issuing warnings to its people to be wary of American police who would rob you. Uh, That's what they were saying about the police in America uh, just right before you showed up. And from what I understand, although they denied uh, your asylum, the judge did agree with you on many of the points that you presented. You want to add more to that?
6: Yeah, so the immigration judge um, did agree Uh, that, you know, black people were being harassed and targeted out. He did agree that I was not lying about what was going on. But ultimately, you know, he said that the United Nations
2: uh, claims
6: that America is a safe country. So the reason for the asylum denial was because he claims that the United Nations Said that America was a safe country, but mm. he also said that he did believe that I have a I had a well-founded fear in America dealing with the police in America. So the judge did not say that I was lying. He cited the United Nations says that America is a safe country.
0: Wow. Are uh, you sick you want to get in on the conversation?
5: Yeah, you know I wanted to I wanted to ask uh why Canada? Cuz I'm sure people have asked you why Canada as opposed to any other country. Of course, you know, I'm sure some even asked you why didn't you want to go back to Africa. So, what was your response to those type of uh questions?
6: I was asked this question Back then, too, and I simply answered the question with saying it was the most affordable. Canada was the closest uh, country, um, and you know I'm poor; I didn't have a lot of money, so mm-hmm. Canada was actually the closest country to get. But I also cited in one of the articles, I think it was Vice, the Vice article that I did, that I would not be appealing the decision. Uh, That was made because there was a lot of politics involved, being that, you know, I have the official paperwork and what the immigration judge said, you know, if if you're saying that I do have a well-founded fear and you believe what I'm saying and you admit to everything that I wrote uh, to present the refugee status claim, you know, my thing mm-hmm. is it was all about politics to begin with. If you're pretty much denying it, it was, it was all political. And simply because, you know, if they let me in to Canada, then they would have to allow all the rest of the black people into Canada. And they didn't, wasn't ready for that. Um, so when I Yay. saw the political stuff going on, I just chose not to appeal the decision.
5: Okay, one other question. Uh I'm not sure if you're familiar with the northern migration that really occurred at the time of the passing of the Fugitive Slave Act of 1850 where, you know, many formerly enslaved and those who were already free decided to start going into Canada and Canada was letting them all in. Did that have any impact on your decision to go to Canada?
2: No,
6: because I really didn't know about that. I didn't I didn't figure that out until after I was already in Canada. That's when I started hearing about that. But I actually did not know about that until later down the line. Simply my decision, which is pretty much based upon America's a shit hole. Oh, excuse my language, you're on the air, but America's a crappy country, and it's always been a crappy country, so my decision was based upon how blacks were being treated in America. I didn't know about anything about Canada's history until later down the line.
5: Okay. I respect that. How about you, Max?
6: Well, that was
0: one of the things that we talked about last week is that Canada was so instrumental in the antebellum abolitionist period. Uh, Dorothy, as you mentioned, the fugitive slave laws, And uh, throughout, people would travel to Canada for safety. When I say people, I mean black Americans specifically. Right. Uh, We traveled to Canada for safety, and Canada welcomed them with open arms. Uh, But now we don't see that type of attitude anymore from Canada. And even when Kyle went there, they uh, would not give him the asylum that he sought while they were telling people about how bad America was which is kind of a, a little bit mind-blowing. It may be because, as Kyle just mentioned, that if they did that for him, the floodgates would have opened. And although, Kyle, I know you said you wasn't uh, trying to have other people follow you, that would have been the end result and I think they saw the writing on the wall. Uh, you knew things that they didn't know, uh, for instance, about what was going on. And earlier you mentioned the words that Americans uh, were, you know, coming at you hard and Uh, sending you all kinds of nasty emails and stuff like that. We are very confident that there's more than one America. There are two Americas, at least here in this country. It is because black America and white America are very different creatures. Were you getting that same reaction from
6: black America? Definitely. It was both black America and white America. Um, Mm. So, they're they're heavily brainwashed. The black people are heavily brainwashed in this country, just like the white people are. So yeah. I was getting it from black people and white people. Um, I, I know they were black because I would actually look them up and see that they were black people too. So it was both black and white. Um, they were just mad because I outsmarted everybody and I did it. <laughs> they had no basis to what they were saying they were citing Barack Obama as their evidence of America changing its ways. So they cited one black president and said that you're wrong because you have a black president now. Um, but they didn't realize that Barack Obama has signed the most executive orders on any U S president. So, you know, it's just the dumbed downness of America. Um, uh, very simple. So, yeah. Right, I feel
0: you. Um, you know, when it comes to uh, Obama, we saw what was going on there just clearly. You know, um, He was the one that signed the NDAA into effect, which is now being used by Donald Trump. So, you know, that, was, that was his movement. Uh, and also, we were very cognizant that he never really said a bad word about prisons in the United States. He was the first president to visit a prison in American history, which is really nice, to into the prison conditions, but he never mentioned anything about for-profit private prisons, which everybody else was talking about at that time. Hey, you know what I'd like to do is there's two video clips that I have or audio clips. They're very short. Um, the one is Canada's news in regards to what was occurring while you were well, right after right before you went there for asylum, and then later on, I want to play one other one. Where Canada is talking about how now The United States is not a safe country For refugees So here it is Only a few years after you applied for asylum And they're in complete agreement with you And say publicly So give, me, give us about three minutes And tune in with us And we're going to play this clip And then we'll get your comments And we we'll come back on the other side Alright Kyle Alright I'll still be here Alright hold on brother Abolition
7: Today. And the Canadian government has issued a warning to their citizens of what some have described as a shakedown perpetrated by U.S. law enforcement agents. The official Canadian government website claims that civil servants ranging from local police to federal agents working for their neighbor to the south are illegally seizing cash and goods from tourists. RT's Alexei Yarshevsky brings the details.
1: If you go to the official website of the Canadian government, you may read an advice about traveling to the United States uh, suggesting that there's no limit on cash you could be carrying around in your pocket. But still, the government says that uh, it is not advisable to have many cash on you because banking could be problematic for non-U.S. Uh, Residents. And this advice just received an absolutely new meaning. Uh, the CBC uh, service in Canada is reporting on a huge shakedown happening in the United States, and the PERBs are wearing uniforms. Different uh, sort of law enforcement um, uh, representatives from federal agents to state troopers on the roads. Are uh, literally ripping money off uh, people on the roads. It happens in a way that they stop you, uh, they stop your car for a minor infraction like changing lanes without a signal. The um, offense is not relevant at all. Then the officer has a chat with you and asks to uh, have a look uh, inside your car. If he finds any cash in your car, then he asks you to prove that this is not a money laundering case or you're not involved in any uh, drug transportation or terrorism. If you cannot prove it, the cash is likely to find itself in the pockets of an officer. The uh, investigation by Washington Post just recently suggested that ever since 9-11, when the law enforcement officers were giving additional uh, tools and additional means in this country, uh, there has been in excess of 61,000 strippings of cash without any proper search warrant. And the total bill for that amounts to a staggering 2.5 billion uh, U.S. dollars. Now, the CBC even gives a string of advices for those traveling from Canada to the United States. For instance, being very polite with the officer and not letting him search your car without a search warrant. Because, in the eyes of a a cash hungry cop, you may be a rolling ATM. Some cases, uh, um, the listed by the Washington Post are uh, truly uh, astronomical. Uh, one businessman was relieved of $75,000 in cash uh, while he is on his way to pay for uh, for uh, a restaurant. He was willing to buy. Um, another graduate student uh, lost $2,500 he lent from his dad for the trip. And there's been uh, a number of cases like this. In fact, um, less than a half of all the money stripped by the uh, people in uniform over the past 13 years uh, amounted to less than $8,800 uh, the other sums were much more than that and only 1/6 of the people who lost their cash due to uh, policemen asking them to be, uh, to relieve them of that cash uh, actually went to court to uh, have those money reimbursed only half of them actually uh, won those cases so um, the CBC is uh, giving a list of advice uh, for the Canadians traveling to uh, the United States to avoid uh, any kind of uh, incidents like that on the roads with policemen and federal agents in the United States.
0: Abolition. 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 You just heard American police scam Canadian visitors out of $2.5 billion. Kyle?
6: Yes, I'm still here.
0: Commentary on that? Were you aware of that uh, circumstances going on and the news coming from Canada? just prior to you showing up?
6: No, I was not aware of that. But uh, also, when I was in Canada, there are the U.S. news and the Canadian news. So they're reporting two different things, uh, you know, and I was not aware of that going on. And with the Canadians, however when you're black in America and they actually confiscate your money, this was a well-known fact in America Mm -hmm. already that they confiscate uh, black people's money and say that they got the money from drug dealing. Uh, American police have always done that here in the state. Mm -hmm. I just didn't realize that they were doing certain things to Canadians when Canadians uh, come to visit America. That was my first
0: reaction, too, man. I was like, you know, they have been doing that to us here now for a century and a half. Anybody that comes from anywhere is subject to it. But if they do that to visitors, imagine what they're doing to the people who live here. And we get a lot more than just have our property and cash seized. Sometimes we end up dead. So that, that is definitely... Uh, a terrible situation That they warned their Citizens about Just prior to you getting there And the situation has not changed since It's actually gotten worse since then Cops have been doing more Of uh, seizing assets And they've also Started using more of their tickets And box schemes in order to get Money from us uh,
6: This is straight
0: out of slavery, man these are the Jim Crow laws in effect in America circa twenty twenty. You,
5: you hit it right there, Max. It's just a twenty twenty version of what's been going on since the sixteen hundreds. <laughs> you know, just just a recycle. And I too was not shocked when I came across that information that was just played. You know, uh-huh. just saying, okay, now people are seeing what we're complaining about. You know that's that's what it is now that maybe Canadians were receiving news of you know blacks always protesting, and they're probably up there saying why they're protesting they're in the greatest country in the world, blah 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 blah, you know, and now, when they come down here and they see some of the things some see some of the things that we're subjected to, they're now becoming subjected to. And now, you know, the light comes on. People don't really understand what's happening until it reaches their doorstep.
0: Hey, Kyle, I want to tap into your uh, experience for a moment. You know, they said that they warned the Canadians, do not allow police to look in your vehicle unless you have a search warrant, because these police will treat you like a rolling ATM. Now, you've lived in several states in the United States, and you've been harassed by police and stalked by them. I've seen some of the videos in every single state. What advice would you say about that? I mean what would you say about them their advice in regards to not allowing them to do this without a search warrant?
6: Well my advice is basically have your phone rolling, uh have your have your cell phone ready and ready and cocked to record, uh, because you see a different behavior Once you are recording the police, there is a totally different behavior once they know that they're being recorded. And so, you know, I've been very successful at getting information out to the rest of the world, not just the United States, but via my YouTube channel, I've been very successful at getting uh, the videos out to the public so they can see what the police do uh, to blacks in America. So my advice would be to always record the police, not always just record the police, record white people in general, um, because the way that white people behave, the majority of them, not all of them, but the majority of them, the way that they actually behave is unbelievable. So my advice is to always have your cell phone ready and cop to record. You know, when you even see a cop coming from any direction, already be recording and have enough memory in your phone so you can actually record the interaction between you and the police.
0: That's good advice, because we know here in the United States, the police don't give a damn about your rights. Sixth Amendment, Fourth Amendment, it don't matter. They will violate it openly and then expect you to challenge them in court at some later date. Uh, so, yeah, the only weapon we seem to have at that point, and those who are visiting us will have, is the camera. Uh, you said that?
6: Okay so ahead, you know Kyle. Go ahead, Kyle. Oh, I was going to say... There's this even more alarming information where the police are actually getting corporations to violate your rights. When I say corporations, we're talking about public transit workers. They've actually teamed up, like the American police have teamed up with transit companies uh, to further violate the citizens' rights as my YouTube videos actually show, I have uh, public transit workers assaulting me physically and breaking my property and attempting to break my property all on camera. Um, And the police, county and the state, tell these public transit workers that this is okay to do this to black people. And that's undeniable because I recorded the situation, and the police are now getting other corporations uh, involved in violating black people's rights also. And once again, like you said, they expect you to not defend against your property or your personal being. And the cops said exactly what you said. Take it up with the judge, so they know what they're doing is wrong, and they expect you to go through all the hoops of trial and the judge, and keep on running back, and even though they know you're innocent, so they're doing they're 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 using, and they're using a lot of different avenues to further harass the black men in this country, and once again, now they are taking measures to give transit bus operators the authority to
5: violate your rights also. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that, Kyle, because uh, that's sort of like the perfect segue into what I was getting ready to say, you know, when you and I, you know, kind of like bumped heads a few seconds ago and trying to go on the mic. But, Section 5 of the Fugitive Slave uh, Act was called the by- where bystanders are required to aid the man-stealers. And it says commissioners are authorized to appoint persons to execute their warrants with authorities to summon and call to their aid the bystanders or posse comitas when necessary. All good citizens are commanded to aid and assist in the prompt and efficient execution of law whenever their services may be required. So this is where that mentality comes from. When you mentioned earlier where you said, you know, not only just police, but you were talking about the transit officers, you were talking about, you know, regular whites where we have this Karen and Carl mentality that's going around where it seems that there's this constant understanding that it's everybody's job to police black people. We see this mm-hmm. happening all the time. And there's a great article that was written by Jamil Hill. We had, we had uh, uh, things with in the past, but it was a Rolling Stone article from April 19th of 2018 that's called Where Can We Be Black? And within the article, he says African Americans are often made to feel as though we are uninvited guests in our own country. We're excluded from environments great and small, at times by force, and often because of irrational fears and unconscious biases. This being the United States, those individual bigotries have support from enabling culture and policies that codify them. This exclusion is the very root of racial discrimination and of the social penalties that whiteness enacts exacts upon blackness. Thus, the somewhat academic question of spaces emerges time and again, not merely about which ones are safe in a physical and emotional sense, but also which ones are fully open to us. The Civil Rights Movement Mm -hmm. made its mark first through nonviolent black presence in arenas deemed off-limits to us, the front seats of public buses, lunch counters, and water fountains. And the article continues. But what do you think about that? Because I think that's really bringing home exactly what you were just stating.
6: I think it's uh, absolutely true. Um, You know, I've been way ahead of my time on a lot of different topics, but part part of the reason why this keeps on going on is because black people allow it to go on. They want to fit in with a society that won't accept them and a culture that isn't theirs, they want to fit in so bad, that's how it's allowed to happen. Um, And, you know, the elite white people, um, they think they're so smart, but they're actually pretty dumb. And it's just they're doing stuff that's already been done already Therefore, that's how I can write an article like the article for The Guardian and be way ahead of the curve, and everything that I said was, we already knew it was going on back then, but then it's even proven now, five years after the fact. That's because history has been repeating itself, and they've been doing the same thing over and over and over again, just different methods. Um, so, they, you know, we all know that they use the criminal injustice system to further enslave blacks. Uh, we know this because the criminal justice system or injustice system, the jails are filled up with mainly blacks. So it's, it's just a scam to enslave and to rip black people off, you know. Uh, but I do think things are changing now because white people created racism. They're the only ones that can uncreate racism like they're doing now. So they're the only ones that can actually change it since they created it. So things are changing now, uh, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of education that needs to be had, especially when it comes to racism, because there is no real educational racism in the schools. And I'd like to take it back to what you were saying about, you know, the transit worker who felt he had the authority to break your property and, uh, and approach you in such a way. See that happening all the time. Like you said mentioned, just recently there was an article that came out about the back the blue rally people. Uh, they were caught in Colorado uh, assaulting Black Lives Matter activists. Matter of fact, they ganged up on some in a ditch, and there's photos and videos of it. You can hear one man screaming, Everybody keep their hands off the weapons. Uh keep punching each other in the face. Don't shoot anybody. Apparently they didn't want to go to jail for murder, but they did want to brutalize people. So these are the same blue black back the blue people who came en masse on motorcycles, several and parked at a black church as it was going on. So we see that happening everywhere. In the intro to the program, the video that we had for our promotion of this program, the young man who We're standing there, this white guy holding the Black Lives Matter sign, you see the type or you heard the type of responses that came from that community, where they literally showed that it seems they hate Black people for no reason at all. And there is a reason, and it traces all the way back to the criminalization and demonization of the Black body post and prior to slavery, uh, as we know it through chattel slavery. But today, we're dealing with a new form of slavery, and of course, that's allowed through the 13th Amendment exception clause. I want to move it forward and then play a clip and, again, get some comments from you guys about what you hear. Uh, This is a recent clip about Canadian officials. They say that they are going to halt the safe third country agreement with the U.S. uh, that was established, I believe, in 2002. Uh, I'll leave it to them to explain it. But as I mentioned earlier today, if this is what they're doing to visitors, Travelers and immigrants. Imagine what they're doing to us every single day, right here, to people like Kyle Canty, who bore the oppression of six different police states. And because of that, uh, you said that your name has been ruined, right?
6: Definitely. In, in a, a fun fact to, to all of this, um, when I went over to Canada, I didn't have a felony. So it's basically like I predicted that too because I actually didn't have a real criminal record when I went over to Canada. After I wrote the article, Throwing America Under the Bus and Throwing the Police Under the Bus, then they gave me a criminal record. I never had a criminal record before I went over there. But after I actually wrote the article and um, talked about it and gave the interviews, that's when. the FBI is actually involved. I read, I read a lot of paperwork. I got a lot of my paperwork, and the feds and a certain police department by the name of the Seattle Police Department uh, devised a plan, and they wrote about it, and it's very interesting. The detective, Timothy Renahan, uh, he was the lead detective. They devised a plan to frame me. And they're writing about it. I read the documents where this guy is communicating with the FBI. They're also communicating with different police departments in different states that I lived in is trying to get the FBI to get me on gun charges and they're writing about it, but there's no there was never any gun. So how do you how do you get someone on gun charges and There's no gun. And they basically lied to the judge. The judge was in on it, to everyone's in on this. They lied, and they kept on lying to see was I actually going to plead guilty to these bogus charges. But the funny thing is, I didn't have a gun charge. They charged me with harassing police officers because in the article I said that police officers – harassed me. So they flipped it and Mm. said that I was harassing police officers. They also basically tried to make it seem like I was crazy and said that he's just crazy, sent him to the crazy hospital. They literally Mm. did an involuntarily Mm. uh, civil civil commitment. Okay? They Mm -hmm. involuntarily, civilly committed me. This is all after I came back from Canada. So the feds were involved. The police departments were involved. The hospitals were involved to try to debunk the article that I wrote about the police and the mistreatment of black people. And this is what they did. This 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 is what they do, you know. And when the civil commitment didn't work out, they then put me in jail for six months going with the story that I was harassing some cop that I don't even know. Then they sat there. They tried to make me plead guilty. I was like, we're going to trial. I fired – now get this. I fired the public pretender to start representing myself in court, took it all the way to trial, me going head-to-head against the prosecutor and the police department, the Seattle Police Department, right, and guess what? Mm-hmm. Right before they got ready to pick the jury, there was evidence that it was on my phone. So they confiscated the passport. I had two phones. They confiscated the the computer. And when I was asking for the phone, because the phone had the evidence on there that the police were following me around for months and the videos were on the phone, they didn't destroy the phone. And then came the court and said that, uh yeah. Uh, he had a chance to come get his property. He didn't come get his property, so we uh, made a mistake, and all his property has been destroyed, which is a federal branding violation, okay? And that's how I was able to beat the Seattle Police Department and the court and the prosecutor and the public pretender because mm. they all work together. But I have official paperwork, and it goes into – Detail on what they've been doing to black people to further keep them enslaved.
0: You're absolutely right on that, brother. And you know, when it comes to this framing people for things, we see that happen all the time. And even the act right. of the civil commitment, involuntary civil commitment, is a tactic they use uh, to get rid of people like um so I feel you on that and we just recently saw a news article where George police were shooting at a car full of children and then suddenly in the story one of the kids has a gun we're talking about 9 years old, 12 years old, 14 years mm-hmm. old, 15 and 16 years old but there's a gun involved now so we know the type of stories they put out and what they do to justify their insanity and uh, racism, while they try, as you said, and continually put us into slavery. Now, I want to play this video clip next, and then I want to get you guys comments on it. We'll talk for a little bit, and then go into our music clip after that. So let's play this video. American, uh, Canadian officials seek halt of safe third-country agreement with U.S. Uh, hold on, Kyle. We'll be right back after listening to this.
7: As long as Trump is in power, the U.S. will never be a safe country for asylum seekers. Will the Prime Minister show the moral leadership by suspending the Safe Third Country Agreement? Member of Parliament from Vancouver East Jenny Kwan has been calling on Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to suspend the Safe Third Country Agreement for more than a year now following the U.S. travel ban against certain Muslim countries in January 2017. She says the recent controversy on the separation of children from parents at the U.S. immigration border shows why it should have been done immediately. Really reaffirmed the notion that the United States is no longer a safe country. Even though uh, Trump has now um, backtracked on taking the children away from the parents, still their policies are not safe for asylum seekers. The Safe Third Country Agreement is a treaty between the two countries to manage the flow of refugee claimants at the shared land border. Simply put, With both the U.S. and Canada considered as safe havens, refugee seekers can only claim asylum on where they first arrive. While Trudeau asserts that what the U.S. has been doing is wrong, he isn't quick to change his mind on the agreement.
1: I cannot imagine
6: what these families are going through. As I've said many times, the Safe Third Country Agreement is over 10 years old. and We will continually look for ways to modernize it and be in conversation with the Americans on this. And we will continue as well to closely monitor developments
5: in the United States.
7: Kwan, however, believes that if Canada does not step up, the country adds to the problem. Why are we forcing people to risk them and limb
4: to get to safety? And, um, and in addition to the risk for the asylum seekers themselves, we're also creating a huge challenge for border communities. And that, to me, is wrong. And uh, we need our Canadian government, we need the prime minister, to step up
7: and to take action. Kwan has sponsored e-petition 1755 at the House of Commons for the immediate suspension of the third safe country agreement. It lists, among others, the U.S. Muslim travel ban, recent separation of children from their parents, and the zero-tolerance policy in irregular border crossings as reasons for the petition. Petition E-1755 is open for signature to all Canadian residents and citizens until October 20 this year. Mariton Pacheco, ABS-CBN News, Vancouver.
0: Welcome back to Abolition Today. uh, You're listening to Max Fartis, Yusuf Hassan. We're here with our guest co-host today, Kyle Canty. Everything that we are speaking of and articles and the videos and audios that you hear can be found Courtesy of our teammate Jeanette Smith On Abolition Today On our social media page So make sure you follow that in real time So you can get the information as we're speaking about it Uh, Comments on what you just heard Gentlemen Uh,
6: You want me to go first Absolutely You're all guests So I think that This is still all political Okay So what they're doing is Now they're saying that America is not a safe country because of Donald Trump. That's the political garbage uh, coming up with. But in reality, America's never been a safe country for black people. So I just want people to understand that they're trying to sway your vote by pretty much now telling the truth about everything and then placing the blame on Donald Trump. America's always been a screwed up country way before Donald Trump even was even thought of, you know, so we cannot just blame Donald Trump for America being a screwed up country. Once you start getting into politics, you've already lost. The Democrats Mm -hmm. and the Republicans both work together, just like the judge and the prosecutor and your public pretender, All work together So in reality You know we have to be able To look past politics American politics Have always been corrupted We need to look at the facts America's always been a racist country And they stole the land Okay, And they continue to teach False Information
4: Um, False narratives
6: And you know furthermore With this The Canadian government is full of garbage, too, because after I, you know, came back to America, after the asylum application was rejected, uh, I then tried to get back in contact with uh, the spokesperson for the Canadian government, made contact with the lady, and she basically was like, we would have nothing more to do with you. You're not our business anymore, right? Now, this is a lady that was a spokesperson, and she was talking good about me. But then after I came back to the United States, and I was basically trying to direct her attention to all the racist stuff that was going on and basically try to tell them that they made a bad decision she pretty much was like, she doesn't want to hear from me again. So now, now Canada is like, well, yeah, uh, America's no good. You know, it's not safe. And this, this, and absurd. America's never been safe. Uh-huh. But I just wanted to add that in there, how a lot of this stuff is political. A, mm-hmm. l- a lot of this stuff is, is all politics. And, you know, the American people are so dumbed down for the most part; they don't even see it, you know. In, in reality, Trump <laughs> and, and I don't—I don't like no president. I don't like none of them. I didn't like Obama. I don't like Trump, but facts are facts. Trump mm-hmm. has literally done more for black people than Obama's done for black people. And I ask the black people, what? Actually, did Obama do for you? No black person can actually answer that question. But if you ask a black person, what has Trump done for you? We got multiple things Trump has actually done for black people, including pardoning them from prison. Trump is actually letting black people out of prison. Obama's never done that. So this is why you can't, <laughs> you can't get into politics. Because politics are all corrupt And then the people Can't understand What's really Political motive and what's not Really political motive So that's what I wanted To say regarding those
5: issues
0: Yusuf Okay
5: so yeah I'm going to have to push back a little bit On you right there Kyle uh, As far as Who did what I mean is as far as I'm concerned, neither have done anything. Trump nor Obama. Uh, the only thing I give Obama credit for was his half-half a enhanced programs, which you know saved millions of people's homes, especially those you know millions of blacks who were subjected to predatory lending under the Bush administration. So I will give him credit for that, and that's the extent of it. You know, now when it comes to Trump. Yeah, when it comes to Trump, I mean, yes, I'm glad he freed the one sister, you know, with the help of Kim Kardashian, you know, but we know that Trump has his hands in the private prison industry and the private prison stock skyrocketed, you know, upon his election. So, you know, we see certain things happening on the surface and yeah, it was, some money sent to HBCUs, and yeah, we know what it is, the photo op with the with the pastors and all of these things. But like you said, it's political, so I, I would never go down that path of saying one president did more than another president. Because if you go back to our recent episode that we had called "Blame the President," we outlined how. When it comes to the racist monument that's been erected, you know, Lincoln's racist monument that's been erected through the 13th Amendment, we've seen how every president since Lincoln has had his hand in the enslavement of American citizens, primarily blacks. Since Lincoln all the way up to Trump and they built on it one after the passing the baton. None of them have done anything about it. We've seen the prison population continue to grow. Right now, in every state across the country, thousands of thousands and thousands of inmates are dying and sick from COVID. And, you know, there's there's you know, there's talk of him, you know, talking about he wants to force insurance companies to cover pre-existing conditions, and we know that that's already covered under the uh, what they call Obamacare. But I just I, there's a there's a great article that's going to be up where it's an Al Jazeera article, and it said racism, the most dangerous pre-existing condition. You know, dated mm-hmm. April sixteenth, twenty twenty. So we know how healthcare has greatly affected our community. And we know that this is something that Trump has been trying to gut health care since the day he walked into office. And we know how how it goes. He's the face of it, but we know that there's a whole group of people behind it that are on both sides of the aisles and all of that stuff. So, yeah, we definitely can't go down that path of talking about politics because, you know, they're all... As someone used to tell me all the time, same pants, just different pockets. That's all. This this part is true.
6: This part is true. But the most important thing, I would say that President Barack Hussein Obama, better known as Barry Sotoro, the worst thing he's done is I couldn't believe it right so margaret sanger margaret sanger is the founder of planned parenthood okay mhm now, now for right. those who don't know the mother her own interviews this isn't in hearsay i physically with my own eyes watched the interviews of margaret sanger from the 1950s and 60s i believe they were in black and white what Margaret Sanger said without her own mouth is that we, she said, the reason why I founded Planned Parenthood is to get rid of Negro babies. Okay? Now, this is the thing. Obama's old enough to know who Margaret Sanger is. Okay? If I know who Margaret Sanger is, President Barack Hussein Obama knows exactly who she is. Now, if we know the reason why Planned Parenthood, why was Barack Hussein Obama endorsing Planned Parenthood? So that atrocity, you can never come back from that, period. Okay, you can't come back from that. How do you say that you're for black people, but you're endorsing Planned Parenthood, which the founder herself said, the reason why Planned Parenthood was founded is to get rid of Negro babies.
5: You know, you you you've already answered that question when we say politics. It was the politically correct move for him to make as a politician. You know, now we know it really means nothing. It 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 doesn't even aid in our discussion that we're having right now because, as I just stated, every single president is in cahoots with the previous president, no matter what his affiliation, his party, whatever. And we outlined it. We did an entire episode on presidents. We covered all of them to show how every last one of them are in cahoots with each other. They play this little political game through the media. You have Fox News saying one thing, CNN saying another thing. And everybody, see what happens, people get behind a candidate And when their candidate wins, they're blind to what goes on. They only care when the person that that beat their candidate is in office. So people care about what's happening right now only because Trump is in office and they wanted Hillary to win. If Hillary was in office, everybody that's backing Trump right now, if Hillary Clinton was doing the same exact moves, they'd have a problem with it. I mean, people lost their minds when Obama wore a tan suit. (laughs)
4: <laughs> you know,
5: they lost their minds behind that You know, so that's how they play everybody with the politics And that's just, you know, again That that political jockey, Democrat, Republican, right, left It's all a game, it's an illusion of choice
4: And, exactly. you know, it's
5: not even worth discussing Because at the end of the day It's going to happen regardless of who's in office
0: I wouldn't mind adding a couple words, and then we got to get our music break in uh, as well. But absolutely great it,
5: conversation, man.
0: You're right about people being very, very dumbed down about politics. They're blaming Trump, making Trump the focus, when in reality Biden is responsible for the conditions that Canada was complaining about.
5: It's Joe Come Biden.
0: On. That's right. time bill. Joe Biden. That pushed that crime bill, that uh, uh, put more police in the streets, had them out here writing more tickets, had them out here getting more asset seizures, had them out here arresting more people. That was Joe Biden's work that Canada was complaining about, and yet they are blaming Trump for it. So as you just mentioned, each one after that, uh, from Abraham Lincoln on, has been adding to this system of slavery and human trafficking allowed in the 13th Amendment. Uh This is the life we got to live in this country. And with that being said, I am going to, for the first time, play a song we played on the program twice. And it fits perfectly in today's conversation. Brother Kyle, I think you're going to love this. This comes from Elijah Blake, and it's called The Hanging Tree. And we are going to be right back with some comments after this.
3: Underneath the hanging tree He looks just like me So tell me, am I really free? Could have been my mother Crying for my brother And everybody, everybody Everybody's praying for peace Who's going to protect us from the police? Keep these.
4: that don't give a damn about you. Ah, ah, am I just living to die?
0: Elijah Blake hanging tree. And that's why someone would go to Canada seeking asylum from America. Because we don't want to be another seed underneath the hanging tree. Kyle, what did you think of uh, the song by Elijah Blake there?
6: I think it's pretty pretty accurate of <laughs> what's going on in America. <laughs> um, yeah, but there's there's a lot of lot of songs out of here that Tell the real story of America And you know How people Are in a rush to get to this country pretty much And they're setting themselves Up for slavery uh, The Mexicans are finding that out uh, Now You know a lot of them Are coming here to this country And thinking that they're going to have A better life Only to be a slave So that's right. yeah, very accurate yeah, well, you'll hear a lot of
0: music like that on our program. Every week we make sure that we give voice, uh, voices like Elijah Blake's the opportunity to be heard. Because, you know, in corporate America, that's not the music that they want us to hear. So we make sure that we let these artists shine as much as possible. Hey, i got a question for you. Would you be willing to take any calls or questions or comments from callers?
6: Yeah, I could take some calls from uh, callers.
0: Okay, awesome If you're listening to us right now uh, Just dial in 515-605-9814 That's 515-605-9814 And press the number 1 So we know that you want to talk uh, And we'll bring you on the air For question or comment uh, In the meantime, Brother Yusuf, I'm going to pass the mic to you
5: Hey, thank you So going back to Elijah's song I was listening You, you know how I am about music I like digging into the lyrics. And in verse 2, he says, Brands on our bodies, the color of fruit, color of purple fruit, shoot power of the black dollar, spent on designers that don't give a, be- a damn about you. So I want to ask you, Kyle, how do you feel about this uh, this movement that's sweeping through corporate America with all of the Black Lives Matter and social consciousness that's happening. Do you think it's genuine or do you think it's just a means of them just trying to secure the dollar?
6: Well, the first thing that comes to mind when you just broke down the bar was uh, the Gucci store. (laughs) That's the first thing that came to mind was the Gucci store and Mm -hmm. how basically, you know, these European uh, fashion uh, designers don't care about black people and the black dollar is very powerful which the rapper T I spoke about dealing with issues uh pertaining to the Gucci store and other fashion. Pretty much the black dollar if if black people would stop spending their black dollar on, you know, corporations that don't care about us uh, the mm-hmm. industry would lose out heavily. Now, to answer your other question regarding the movements, I think you're referring to, like, Black Lives Matter and all the rest of these movements and people, you know, claiming that they're for black people. I honestly think that it's a fad now. It started off good, but we, we can see, especially with Portland, Oregon, we can see how... They're screaming "Black Lives Matter," right? But in reality, it's turning into "We want to fight the government." Period. You know what I mean? So they're basically, and I and I still I still think it's good, but it's not just about black people anymore. It started off to be about black people, but we're seeing them just angry at the United States government, like they're supposed to be angry at the United States government. So. You know, I think that it's good, but we need to know what's really going on. Um, but most, most organizations that claim they're for black people, uh, they're really not for black people. You know what I mean? Um, some while ago, uh, you know, the leader of the KKK was actually black. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of hidden agendas play out in the future. But for now, uh, these movements are actually uh, helping Black people. For now, anyways, because there's different bills being passed, there's different laws being passed uh, because of what's going on right now. Uh, so it's it's both it's good and bad. It's only bad because the movement is going to turn into a different movement. It's starting off to be about black people, but it's going to end differently. But I think it's going to end differently in a good way uh, because people are oppressed in this country. And in reality, black people are oppressed the most. However, there's a lot of people, white, Mexican, Puerto Rican, that are also oppressed in this country. Uh, Because, you know, we're seeing now... Everyone's rights are being stripped away. That would mean that that's oppression targeting everyone. When your constitutional rights don't exist anymore, and that's what's actually happening to everybody, Mm -hmm. now everyone's oppressed.
0: (laughs) You're right. Uh, We went over that uh, a few weeks ago. All our constitutional rights uh, are being denied us. They still exist on paper. But in reality, it's those who are sworn to defend them that are violating them. And as we mentioned earlier, they expect us to challenge it in court knowing damn well that 90% of us can't afford to do that, which means they get away with it nearly every single time. And groups like the ACLU are overwhelmed with cases. They have to pick only the few that they can manage. Meanwhile, everybody else is just stuck uh, either in a jail or a cell or in prison or getting robbed of their money, like was warned with the news clip earlier. Uh, just recently, I saw another article, which uh, really uh, it infuriated me, and it does so now, and I'm kind of holding myself in check. Uh, but it's the story where, again, in Colorado, police stopped a car full of women, mother and three daughters, Youngest girl, six years old, and then forced them to lay out on the asphalt uh, as if they were afraid of these four women, including this little six-year-old child. I'm looking at the image right now of these three white cops standing over these four black girls, including this one little girl up on her two hands, looking like she's scared for her life. And that's the reality of our daily existence in America. You visitors may come and go, but we live with this every single day of our lives.
4: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, You know, Kyle has been fighting this system uh, probably as long as we have. And his YouTube page is full of examples of his confrontations and the harassment that he has endured. So Kyle, could you please tell us some of the websites that you would like people to go check out? Uh, in order to get to know you more and see some of the things that you're dealing with and maybe assist you if they possibly can.
6: Definitely. So I have a YouTube channel. Um, It's called Moorish. So, and that's M-O-O-R-I-S-H, knowledge, space, TV. So once again, that's Moorish, knowledge, TV. And... There, you can find uh, videos of the interactions that I have with cops, uh, unwanted interactions that I have with cops for the most part, which actually backs up the Guardian article that I wrote. Um, And we have one very important video that even YouTube demonetized because it actually depicts how police really act in America. In this very important video, I was actually coming from Portland State University. Uh, The Black Studies Department at Portland State University sponsored me. I was coming from the college, and I noticed that the cops were stalking me from the corner. And because I noticed the cops were stalking me from the corner, I actually was recording way before the cops even rolled up on me. And that confrontation was very interesting, and that can be found on my YouTube channel. Also, I do have a GoFundMe page that is linked to my YouTube channel, and you can find the GoFundMe page uh, by going to the YouTube channel, and once again, that YouTube channel is Moorish, and that's M-O-O Knowledge TV. You can Google Moorish Knowledge TV, or you can find it by going to the YouTube search engine and putting it in. And you can support my cause and me uh, by okay. donating to the GoFundMe page. You can also find it at yeah, Abolition
0: I- Today, too. We've got the link up there available for everybody. So just go to Abolition Today as well, and you'll see all the things we've talked about today, including a link to uh, Kyle's YouTube page where you can uh, check out what he was talking about and try to assist this brother. He's a freedom fighter for sure. Uh, Yusuf, you were going to say something?
5: Yeah, I was going to say, in fact, that Portland State incident was where I first learned of uh, of you, Kyle, before I even knew about everything with the asylum, you know, when I first saw that video, I think it was about four or five months ago that that occurred, you know, and when I saw that, I was like, wow, that's, and that was just so, you know, I want to say strange, but it's so normal, (laughs) you know, that's like a normal occurrence that we see every single day, you know, and, and it doesn't matter whether a person has, A famous name, as we saw what happened with Dr. Gates, you know, on campus when he was arrested in his home, you know, and it's one of the reasons why, you know, while while they're inside of the NBA bubble, you know, uh, Jimmy Butler decided he didn't want to wear his name on the back of his jersey because that was his form of protest of saying, you know, when I'm on the streets, I'm a regular black man and I get treated just like all other black people get treated in this country. You know, it's not because I have a famous name and everything. So he wanted to take that position. I'm sorry.
6: Oh no, no, sorry about the interruption. Uh, somebody was asking me a question. Um, but I- I'm listening. It
5: happens. You. Yeah, it it happens. <laughs> we get interrupted on on the air all the time. It happens. You know, we have our families and we have other issues going on around us. But it just goes to show that. As I was saying, when I was watching that article or watching that video, it's like such a normal occurrence in America that, you know, it's it's so numbing. You know, just as before we came on the air, a 15-year-old in Chicago was shot and killed. He was shot 15 times by Chicago police. So I'm expecting that... You know, Chicago, this incident is going to be the next hot spot. You know, the early reports was that someone actually recorded
4: the entire
5: incident, and the police took the person's phone. And, you know, so evidently, if if that's true, then it means that they're trying to hide the evidence as to what happens. And I'm sure it's going to come out to where they're going to say, oh, the person was reaching for a gun or whatever they feared for their lives. You know Laquan McDonald all over again, and so these occurrences are just so normal. It's the new norm or the old norm, we should say, because it's been happening since our first encounter. Hey, you what? make a valid you make a valid point. You
6: know, and I have a valid solution. You're right. Oh. It has been happening for a very mm-hmm. long time, and. I am working on actually suing the United States of America along with the United States Department of Justice because in reality, I feel that the United States of corruption, as I like to call them, they're allowing, at the local level, the police and the counties that convict you and the state. They're allowing Mm it them to do this because as the actual real laws read, we're talking about the constitution. As the real constitution reads, the the constitutional rights that are not very familiar with most Americans. And also the state, most individual states have a state constitution. And I've been reading a lot of different state constitutions. Mm-hmm. And in reality Every state has to abide by the United States. So the states are actually leased. So each individual state has to pay the United States for for their territory. So if this is true like it is, I feel that the United States should be sued along with the Department of Justice. And this is what I plan on doing. Because they pretty much have been telling these individual states and counties and cities it's okay to shoot and kill black people, it's okay uh, to to illegally convict black people, and then let them out twenty two years later and say you're innocent. They've been saying that this is okay. So since they've been saying that this is okay, the United States, I feel like they should be sued. Um, for constitutional rights violations and negligence because the Department of Justice knows that this is going on. So also, I feel that the FBI should be sued also because according to the FBI's own website, the FBI is the agency that's supposed to be investigating, just like I said before, five years ago. The FBI is the correct agency that is supposed to be investigating corrupt police departments. When a a black person calls the FBI, they get hung up on. I said the same thing five years ago. So, therefore, that now becomes negligence also. So, I think black people should be suing the United States, the FBI, and the Department of Justice because, The FBI is the investigating agency that is supposed to investigate corrupt police departments. And I'm not speaking about anything that I don't know. It's actually on their own website. (laughs) I said the same thing five years ago. It literally is on their website. Okay? So what I've noticed that the FBI does, though, because they did this to me, when I was calling and complaining about these police departments, doing corrupt stuff, stalking, harassing me, pretty much then lied on me and said that I threatened the FBI. And then they put me in a database saying that threats to kill law enforcement. The FBI did this along with other police departments because I complained. So this is what they're doing to people that actually complain. So Mm -hmm. in reality, I think that black people should go forward and sue the DOJ, the FBI, and the United States of America. Definitely you, for a breach of duty And negligence
0: You, you beat me to my question Man because you know we're coming to the end Of our uh, commentary Section of the program we've got two more Segments coming up I hope you listen to them But I was going to ask you what We should do next you've always been ahead Of uh, everybody else so what should we do Next and you just answered that so let me Ask you another question Kyle uh, What do you expect to happen to us next what, what do you what do you think is going to be the next step In the oppressive nature Of things
6: Well I, I believe Since this whole This whole game is about money There will be Change created Through the bills and You know things that's being passed But that's not what's going to really Change it what's really going to change it Is by suing the DOJ The FBI In the United States of America. And the more black people sue them, the more they're not going to be able to get out of it. Okay? You know, also, black people need to stop being fooled by the black people that's put in offices. You know, because these black people that are put in these positions are puppets. Okay? As we can see, I think I read something two days ago, about the Attorney General of New York State. Uh, She is suing the NRA. (laughs) She's suing the NRA, and Mm -hmm. in reality, that's an attack on everyone's Second Amendment. She's basically suing the NRA, and the NRA is all about protecting your
5: constitutional
6: rights.
4: And she is black
0: She's black black. The story that I heard That she's suing them because of the corruption Like $60 million that was spent On personal things from the CEO uh, Money that came in And also when it comes to the NRA The research that I've been involved in And I've wrote about them a few times shows That they're nothing really more than A white supremacist group Uh, They endorse many white supremacist uh, Ideals Uh, They uh, attack Black people on a regular basis through their videos and through their uh, written uh, articles. And uh, it's just not a group that I feel comfortable saying is on my side for any reason. They may claim that it's about the Second Amendment, and that may be all well and fine, but I don't see how they have done anything to assist us at all. As a matter of fact, the one time that they should have came to our defense was during the um, Black Panther Party's movements. But instead of coming to our defence they helped to write laws that restricted uh black men from owning guns.
5: I think it was called yeah,
0: Martha or something like that.
5: They they had nothing to say when Fernando Castillo got murdered for being a licensed gun owner. They had nothing to say in the killing of Brianna Taylor when her boyfriend was a licensed gun owner defending his property. You know, so when it comes to us, yeah, they're silent. But I wanted to ask the question, getting back to this lawsuit, because I'm of the same opinion that lawsuits are going to have to come. But my opinion is that they should come in the way to the truck goes by. That it should be in the international court, not in the courts here. What's your opinion on that?
6: So there's a lot of fire trucks rolling by me at this point, but. My my opinion on that is I think we're dealing with America, I think we should sue them in our own backyard. That's Washington DC. Also, I'm not opposed to suing them in international courts, but mm-hmm. all federal courts don't even recognize the international courts. I know about the international courts but it's kinda it's kinda iffy um, to who recognizes the international court, and the thing about the thing about suing um, the government—it's been done before. People could sue the government on their own, also. But right. the problem with this is is we have the federal court judges that are full of garbage, also. All these guys right. work together. Uh, We have a a federal court judge by the name of Richard Jones. He is the half-brother of Quincy Jones in Seattle. Now, a lot of Mm -hmm. people don't know that I actually sued the police department after I won won the case that got dismissed with prejudice because of the Brady violation. I turned around and sued on my own in Seattle Federal Court, U.S. District Court, The judge was Quincy Jones, and he's black, okay? And Mm -hmm. what they did is they then, when I was suing them after I won the first case, they then illegally convicted me on more charges against the police. So they have a narrative that needs to be broken. The narrative with me and other black people is we are violent individuals. And it's kind of like what I was saying before. The police were first blaming black people and saying that they a violent individual. Now they have got other corporations to say that, that the black person is a violent individual without actually having the proof. So we actually need to definitely sue the U.S. government because the U.S. government is giving the power. If you know what you what you do, I'm pretty sure that you know how. Court system is set up, and how Mm -hmm. you have different jurisdictions, like different parts of the country belong to different districts. Right.
4: So Mm -hmm. this is all
6: coming from Washington D.C. Washington D.C. gives, uh, like you, what you may hear, all these uh, belong in the second district or third district. That's the United States and the Supreme Court giving the lower courts power. Right. So we need to be focusing all our attention on suing the government. And international court is is good. Also, we need to bring it right to their own backyard, which is Washington, D.C. We need to actually sue them in Washington, D.C. to make a statement. Um, And the statement needs to be made because, They keep on doing the same thing, and they've made it so the judges are immune. I'm not sure if you're reading certain laws. Well, judges are actually immune to facing any charges of illegally convicting someone. Did you guys know that?
1: Yeah, (laughs) judges and prosecutors.
0: There was two judges that did go to prison for selling children to a for-profit private prison. As a matter of fact, one of them just got released for COVID fears. They got 17 and 28 years uh, each. And they were selling children literally to a for-profit private prison. Just convicting them with no charges, basically no representation for little things like writing on their school desk. Uh,
8: so however, that
6: however, are immune to Is legally convicting someone in court. They can be tried, but when when they're purposely making the wrong decision, they are completely immune, and then what's set up for these judges is supposed to be an independent body uh, called the Commission on Judicial Hmm. Misconduct. Well, guess what? The Commission of Judicial Misconduct doesn't even have to even look at your complaint. Basically, if they feel like, based upon whatever, if they feel like your complaint isn't even worth listening to, they will write you, because I've done this before, they will write you something saying, we feel that there was no misconduct. And we have this stuff going on where people are spending decades in prison for crimes they did not commit. When someone tries to complain against a judge that got appointed, usually through the Supreme Court, which is the United States government again, they got appointed by the United States government, so since the United States government uh, appointed them, the United States government should be responsible. So this is why I'm saying take them out, basically take them out by lawsuit.
5: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely right. And so we're definitely going to have to continue this conversation at another time because, you know, we've exhausted our time. We have other segments that we have to add into the program before we conclude. But we definitely, you know, want you to come back and we can discuss this even more and definitely keep, you know, keep in touch with us to let us know what's going on with you and if there's any information that you want us to put out there to our listeners. Max.
0: I would like to give you some good news, Kyle. Uh, We are in the process of organizing a national uh, network. It's called the Abolish Slavery National
4: Network, and
0: we are going state by state to either remove pro-slavery language which is embedded in state constitutions or insert anti-slavery language into state constitutions. We've been successful so far with two states, and we've got uh, many more already involved. Once slavery is made illegal in the United States, because it's not right now, but once it's made illegal, the courts are going to be filled with people suing for slavery and slave-like conditions. For example, the story that just came out about the uh, man in Louisiana who has been imprisoned for life for stealing clippers, allegedly in 1997. His case just came up for for review, and uh, all of the judges except one would not allow this man to get out. And the only one that descended was the only black judge on the entire uh, court system. So we're definitely Mm -hmm. working toward your goal, Kyle. I would like to give you the opportunity to make any final comments or, as he mentioned, any other websites that you want us to visit. And the door is open for you to come back anytime, brother.
6: Definitely. So the the final comments that I would like to make is uh, please donate to the GoFundMe page. I have full knowledge that, yet again, uh, corporations and police are framing me. Uh, for a situation that happened in Portland, Oregon with a bus driver. Uh, This bus driver, uh, threw my phone, Uh, I recorded uh, most of the incident. There's four videos uh, on my YouTube channel, uh, and it shows what actually happened. Uh, The bus driver pretty much said that, I was harassing her because I actually was recording what she was doing. She actually called the police on me for recording her in public. So we're on a public transportation bus. If I have to record a Karen actually calling the police on me for a crime that has not been committed, I should have every right to record that. And since I recorded the way that she was behaving and her actions, she then said that I was harassing her, even though I never said anything to this driver first. In result, the driver uh, assaulted me by pushing me, and she threw my cell phone um, that was dropped in the process of the melee uh, that had occurred. Uh, Then the police that showed up the driver did indeed throw the fall. I cite a uh, self-defense of property statute of Oregon and pretty much the cops tell me in so many words that because I'm black, self-defense laws of property does not pertain to me. Hold on. So that's hold on, that's hold on. What I to say. Please support
4: the
0: GoFundMe
6: page Sorry about that I, I don't know how that happened That alright I was basically telling people To please support the GoFundMe page Because according to The police In the state of Oregon Self defense laws Of personal property mm-hmm. Don't apply to black people But they apply to everyone else Except black people And so I have uh, pending charges Uh, that I won't be participating in, being that I have the videos of the police officer admitting that the driver did indeed throw my phone trying to get rid of the evidence, and I'm the one that went to jail. Also, on these same videos, the police admit that I was the victim. On tape, the police admit that I was the victim, but they still took me to jail, the victim. So I'm asking people to please... Donate to the GoFundMe page, um, and please support the YouTube channel because personal property self-defense laws don't apply to black people, but they just apply to everyone else in the state except black people. I cited the law for the officer, and the officer told me on video, that's up for a court to decide. The real question is, if we know that self-defense of personal property a statute in the state of Oregon, why would I even take it to jail for defending against my own property? You know, so definitely I want to end it with that and letting people know that, you know, the Constitution and certain statutes don't even, they're not even for black people to police officers, they don't apply to black people. So,
4: amen.
0: Thank you so much for being here with us today, Brother Kyle Canty. Uh, you are in the process these past few years of being incrementally lynched. That's what they're doing to you over and over again, attacking you in every way imaginable. And we pray that God protects you against this evil. Uh, we look forward to talking to you again at a later date. Keep in touch, brother. All right? Definitely. Thank you for having me as a guest on your show. All right. Peace, fam. And continue to listen in for the rest of the program. I think you're going to like what you hear. All right? Peace, Kyle. Definitely. Peace. Peace. Man, uh, that's a powerful broadcast we just had right there. Like I said, this brother's being yeah. incrementally lynched. Uh, man, they, they committed him? For real? And every state he goes to, they send word ahead, here he comes. So get on him. Right. And the videos show that. So we're coming to the end of our program. Um, I want to thank our sponsors real quick Jailhouse Lawyers Speak, I Am We, Ubuntu Prison Advocacy Network, Same Urge, Quakers Uplifting Racial Justice, the Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center, Prismatic Dreams, and Punks for Progress. Remember, next week we got a special broadcast of Ricky Kids Freedom Lab Tour, which starts, which stops at the Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center. Ricky will be streaming the meeting live from his page and we will air our broadcast on Sunday, August 16th here on Abolition Today. Uh, We're at our closing quotes, and then we're going to go into our uh, Bridging the Gap segment, part two of three. Uh, Yusuf, I'll start, and then you can go ahead and just take it from there with your quote and introducing the final segment, all
5: right? Absolutely.
0: All right, I had uh, a little bit longer one set up, but I think I'm going to use this quote instead. It says, At a time like this, an independent news organization that fights for truth and holds power to account is not just optional, it is essential. Kyle Liddell Canty. Uh, once more, I'm Max Partis. Thank you. could have been anywhere, but you came here to tune in with us and uh, to hear this educational program, and we thank you for that. Make sure you check us next week with Ricky Kidd. Catch you then. Peace, Joseph.
5: Hey, peace, Max. And my quote comes from a song by... Living Color. It's called, Which Way to America? I look at the TV. Your America's doing well. I look out the window. My America's catching hell. I just want to know which way do I go to get to your America. I just want to know which way to go to get to your America. I change the channel. Your America's doing fine. I read the headlines. My America's doing time. I just want to know which way do I go to get to your America. I just want to know which way to go to get to your America. Go west, young. Go west, young man. Don't want to cross over. But no, but how do I keep from going under? Where is my picket fence? My long, tall glass of lemonade? Where is my VCR, my stereo, my TV show? I look at the TV. I don't see your America. I look out the window. I don't see your America. I want to know how to get to your America. I want to get to know how to get to your America. And again, living color, which way to America. So we're going into our final segment. And this is, again, it's our new Bridging the Gap segment from the Black Abolitionist Archives, a speech by abolitionist Lunswick Lane read by Britt Lunsford Castaneda. This is part two of part three. In part one, we listened as Lunsford Lane tried to buy his family's freedom from slavery, but it was instead robbed and persecuted by state actors who attempted to re-enslave him. In part two, he is literally kidnapped from jail and then tarred and feathered for daring to speak of slavery abolition. This segment will be paired with the new Bridging the Gap Segment. I'm sorry, this, this segment will be paired with Gary Clark Jr.'s powerful song, This Land. We'll be back August 16th with our broadcast of Ricky Kid Freedom Lap Tour at the Paul Coffey Abolitionist Center. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube page for all news, information, and music you hear on this program. If you want to see and hear more, you can then share, share, share. Also, remember that we are on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and other locations. Check us out at abolitiontoday.org. We thank you. We once again thank our guests for coming in, Kyle Lydell Canty. Until next week, think about abolition. Peace and blessings be upon you all. Inshallah. We see you next week. God willing. Peace. Abolition. Abolition. Today.
9: I was taken before Mr. Loring, editor of the Standard, who was the police judge. He read the writ and then said, Have you been giving anti-slavery lectures in Massachusetts? I don't know, I replied, but if your honor will permit, I will tell you what I did do. He gave me leave, and I said, Mr. Loring, it is not hid from you how I was driven from Raleigh. I stayed here many months after it was tried to drive me away, and I paid money. More than once, that I might have longer time to stop, they found I could not run off. And why did I so cling to this spot? It was because of those in whom my life was hid. At length, when I could no longer tarry, I took one child, my little ewe lamb, and went away. When I reached Boston, I made known my story. The people drank it in as fat of the land. I found they felt for my family. So I went from house to house, and from store to store, and from church to church, and told the people a true story of what my heart felt. I said more than I would have said here. Now, Mr. Loring, have I delivered anti-slavery lectures? Mr. Loring said he did not see as I had done wrong. I looked about on the people, and nearly every face was bright towards me. The richest man in the place stood forth in my defense. There was Mr. Boylan, who owns 300 slaves, and Mr. Manley and many other who owned fifty or more who befriended me. But there were many who did not own the hair of a slave, who were ready to crush me to the earth. A crowd of them gathered around the house, so that Mr. Loring advised me not to go out alone. You had better finish your business as soon as you can, said he, and leave town tomorrow, which would be the 26th of April. No, I will leave today, I said. But your business will not be in a proper state, said Mr. Loring. No matter proper state or not, I will leave town today if the cars will carry me. Everybody knows me here, and if they want to kill me, they can do it. I will go, and I will not stop till I get to Philadelphia, for freedom is all over that place. My friends furnished me with a guard, and I went to the cars. There, I met the governor. He shook hands with me, and as he gave me his right hand, his left went into his pocket, and he gave me a $3 bill. He said he should be glad to grant my request if it had been in his power and would now be glad to serve me in any way he could. A crowd was then gathering around the cars and conductors became excited and told me I should not go with them, that if I was on the cars, they would not start, though they had mail to carry. So I was left behind and the crowd soon took me into their own hands. Some said I had two trunks and some said I had three, though I but one. They opened that and turned over all my old rags that were in it, then took up one thing after another and shook it, but they only found one paper. They seized that, two or three of them taking it at once, but they could not make out anything against me from it, and most of them left me. My friends advised me to go to jail as the only place of safety, and they would come in the night and let me out, so that I could go among my friends and finish my business, and leave the place. They came as they agreed, when all seemed quiet. I had scarcely gone thirty yards from the jail when I was suddenly surrounded by an innumerable company, who rushed upon me and raised me from the ground, and carried me on their shoulders. Then I was indeed high and lifted up. Thus I was carried as in a whirlwind towards the gallows. Then my heart sunk within me. I thought all was gone. But I perceived they went by the gallows to the bank of a little creek in the borders of the town there they let me down and permitted me to walk through the water my coat and boots had been pulled off in the crowd from the creek the crowd accompanied me up a small hill about half a mile to the woods on the way one of the men struck me because I did not go fast enough then they told me to tell them all about those anti-slavery lectures I asked them if they had heard what I said in the courthouse yes said one of them but now I want to hear the truth I'm glad you want to know the truth, I told them, for the truth is what I have always lived by. I always took delight in telling the truth. I told them the same story I had told them before. They said that was not the truth. I told them I was not in possession of any other truth on the subject, and of course I could not give it to them. I then looked anxiously about me, expecting to see the rope in the gallows, for I thought they were going to hang me, but did not dare to do it at the common gallows. While I was looking about, I saw a bucket, and wondered what it was for. Soon a pillow was brought, and then I perceived the bucket was full of tar. They stripped off the remainder of my clothes and covered me with tar, almost from my head to my heels. Then, opening the pillow, they covered me liberally with the equipment of an anti-slavery lecturer. As Mister. Lane says this in his speech, uh, it's followed by laughter and Yeah. Paranoid and pissed off
3: Now that I got the money 50 acres in a model A, Right in the middle of some country. I told you there goes a the neighborhood. Now Mr. Williams ain't so funny. I see you looking out your window. Can't wait to call the police bad Then I know you think I'm up to something. I'm just eating, I was still hungry. And this is mine, I legit. I ain't even in you. you can't take it from me. I remember when you used to tell me, nigga, run, nigga, run. Go back where you come from. Uh, nigga, run, nigga, run. Go back where you come from. We don't want, we don't want your kind. We think you love. Fuck you, I'm America's son. This is where I can't let him find me, you can meet my friend the governor, only if you want to try me, or you can meet my other friend the judge, just in case you think I'm lying, when I know you think I'm up to something, I'm just eating, I was still hungry. and this is mine, now legit, I ain't leaving, and you can't take it from me, I remember when need. Tell me, nickel bra, nickel run, go back where you come from nickel bra, nickel run, go back where you come.